It was because on Fridays, what we would do is we'll take our cars. We were driving BMWs, Mercedes, um, Range Rovers. I mean, real nice cars with 22 inch chrome spinning wheels on them. And we'll go out there and clean them up so we can go out to the beach and flex in front of the ladies. And so on this one particular Friday, man, we all get out there. So I pull in my car clean. He in my car. I got 22 inch chrome wheels on that thing spinning good. And I look and I'm like, man, I got more money on my car and in my car than I actually have in my bank account. <laughs> like the the two subs in the back, two speakers in the back of my car with the thousand watt amp was like twenty two hundred bucks. I don't even have two hundred and twenty dollars in my bank account. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Millennial Manhood. This week, I got Anthony O'Neill with me here. Anthony, for folks who don't know who you are, what's the 10,000-foot view? What's the story? Why are you on the podcast with a, with a guy whose name you can't pronounce? <laughs> man, the 10,000-foot um, view, man, is I'm just a young man who's passionate about helping people get out of debt, helping people start the process of building wealth, um, and really helping singles really maximize their single season. Those are the three main things that I really focus on is – uh, those three things. And it's because, bro, I, I came from a very good, strong, solid home. Four loving parents, two biological parents, two set parents. Grew, grew up in a very strict Christian faith, church of God and faith, you know, background. Um, and when I graduated high school, no one really taught me how to really steward my money, how to maximize my single season. And so because of that, I went out there and racked up about $35,000 worth of debt, tried to impress all my friends and my people. And bro, it, it was just a, it was a bad experience. And so uh, became homeless, started blaming other people for the poor choices and poor decisions that I made. And I said, you know what? Let me change my life around. So changed my life around, got back on my spiritual walk, my spiritual journey, got out of debt, still made some bad decisions because I didn't really have the wisdom, you know what I'm saying? To mm -hmm. make the right decisions. But I started surrounding myself around with healthy and influential and positive people. And man, they put me in a good position. So to where today I'm now uh, 37 years old, completely debt-free, excluding my mortgage, and, and I'm maximizing my single season. So that's a 10,000-foot view of why I'm joining you today, bro. And, I, and again, thank you so much for having me on the journey. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm, uh, I appreciate you sharing some of those things that, um, and, and I want to dive in on one thing in particular as we get down to like that 100-foot view that a lot of folks probably wouldn't share, but you know, you say you come from a strong family, which we always talk about in society, you know, family is the strongest foundation. But even then, with a strong family base, you can go astray. You know, it's not <laughs> it's it's not like that's a guarantee. It's just it gives you a um, a, a larger probability of success. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Um, but you. OK, so you're balling out. You're trying to show off to everybody in your own words. Um, but then you end up homeless. So how does it work out? where you've created a persona that everybody knows you by because you're blowing money that you don't have. So you're creating a perception. And then the reality is that you're homeless, the cognitive dissonance that's, that's got to be going on. I'm assuming at a relatively young age has got to make you mature real quick. Man, it made me mature. I would, I would say it, it, <laughs> it matured me quicker. It made me grow up quicker. And also I made more mistakes even quicker. Mm. Uh, because, you know, when you're homeless, when you're out on your own, you 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 got to go out there and you got to survive, man. And um, I think that journey was the best, best journey from my life today. 
because I think that so many people are scared to make failures. They're, they're scared to make mistakes. But those mistakes, those failures early on in my life made me the man I am today and taught me, hey, here are the things you do not need to do. Prime example, Anthony, I, I racked up all this debt. Mm-hmm. So I know now, don't touch debt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I made the mistakes of trying to impress people so that way I could be popular. And now I know now I don't care about impressing nobody. I value healthy relationships, but I don't care. I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to impress them. I'm here to live out my life um, in, impact and influence people to be better people, to reach their goals. And if what I have to say does not impress you, that's fine. Uh, but I'm not going to change my life so I can impress others. So um, I definitely matured quicker. Um, I definitely learned um, a lot from my, from my previous mistakes, and, and I'm grateful for that. So let me ask you this. What was that first conversation like with one of your friends where you are in the scenario where you're homeless, maybe you're trying to couch surf or something and you're having to explain, you're having to have that come to Jesus moment with one of your friends who has this one perception of you. And and the reason I'm harping on this in particular is, you know, with millennial manhood, I'm firmly convinced that, especially with young men, um, your ego is your best friend in a lot of ways and your worst enemy in so many other ways. Absolutely. Because with young men in particular, you know, our ego is a lot of times is what drives us for success. We want to achieve something for whatever reason it may be. Yeah. But at the same time, man, that ego will make you hide from the world Yeah, on so many levels. Yeah. No, hands down, man. I think, I think one of the things, man, I remember I was sitting at my, I was sitting at my, uh, sitting in my car, with my boy. And every Friday in Oceanside, California, it was go to the beach day. So we all will wash our cars. We'll all meet up this, this car wash spot. Right. And, um, we will all have like 10 bucks total. So 10 bucks will buy us 20 minutes, 20 minutes to wash five cars. So we'll all jump in there, put soap suds on there, da, 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 and we'll jump out so the next car can get in. Da, 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 we'll jump out, right? It was because on Fridays, what we would do is we'll take our cars. We were driving BMWs, Mercedes, um, Range Rovers. I mean, real nice cars with 22-inch chrome spinning wheels on them. And we'll go out there and clean them up so we can go out to the beach and flex in front of the ladies. Yep. And so on this one particular Friday, man, we all get out there. And me and my boy beat everyone there. So I pull in, my car clean, he in my car. I got 22-inch chrome wheels on that thing spinning good. And I look and I'm like, man, I got more money on my car and in my car than I actually have in my bank account. <laughs> like the the two subs in the back, two speakers in the back of my car with the thousand watt amp was like 2,200 bucks. I don't even have $220 in my bank account. Yeah. Then my boys pull up in a Mercedes with the wheels and we're looking at him like, dang, he lived with his mom in the basement and he just asked just last week for five bucks we can get a double, double cheeseburger from Mickey D's. So all of my people started pulling in and we just started saying, yo, he lived at home. He lived with his girl. He lived in the house of 10 other guys. Like It was like, yo, we all look like we got money, but we ain't got no money. And that was the moment when I told my boy, I said, yo, I can't do this. And he looked at me and was like, yo, bro, I actually, I actually rock with you. Like, I'm tired of this too. Mm, He's like, bro, awesome. I'm tired of being in the passenger side. I look good. Ladies love my, my beard and they love the way I dress, but I don't even have a car. 
And yo, man, we left that day. And I'll never forget, my boys at that time asked me this question, like, yo, where are y'all going? It was like, yo, man, we're going to change our lives. It was like, what the? And I lost friends that day, bro, because I was like, yo, I'm tired of looking like this. Yeah, I can, I can pull ladies. Okay, cool, great. How's that paying my bills? How's that building wealth? How's that eliminating all this debt that I have? How's that advancing me and progressing me forward? Hmm. How's that how's that helping me steward and maximize my single season? I don't have any kids and I don't have a wife and I'm still struggling. So before I can even flex for these ladies, I can't even flex for myself. Hmm. Oh, my friends were, they were so upset, bro. They were like, who is this dude? And you know what? I lost a lot of friends because I was ready to make a shift. I was ready to make that change. Yeah, you gotta you you gotta look at your social circle so many times, and especially as you mature, kind of back to that ego thing of being a young man. So you know, I'm married. My wife actually gave birth to a first our first kid two weeks ago yesterday. So wow, you know, congrats, man! Appreciate it, man. It's 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 I'm I'm for real. It's the wildest thing ever. It's like I'm cuddling with my daughter, and I'm like, holy crap, I have a human, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> but there but there's this there's this thought process as I'm thinking about this. You know, being in my early 30s, and I'm thinking back at like you said, like showing off, having a certain worldview, you know, blowing money, yada, yada. And you're like, okay, like maybe I'm impressing the ladies, but do I really want like what the ladies that I'm impressing? Like, what's the what's the end goal here? Because like your future wife probably ain't in that group. You know what I mean? And I can tell you right now, um, blowing money at whether it's a strip club, whether it's a, you know, a party, whatever. I've done all those things. Heck yeah. None of that compares to holding my daughter. None not even it. like not even on the same planet, man. None of it. So yeah, you got to get rid. I've talked about this on the podcast a million times. Sometimes you got to get rid of people in your social circle if they're not adding anything to the equation. Man, listen, I um, <clears throat> and we could talk about this more if we went to down the road. But one of the things that I'm teaching in my singles community, in my singles course, right, is your network, the power of building a strong network, and I'm teaching people how to really build a good, healthy network. And I tell them like, hey, some of the reasons why. Well, one of the reasons why you're not really hitting your goals or really see see yourself progressing forward is because of your network, your current network. Mm. You can't get to that next season with the same people from your past season. Sometimes you have to cut off the past people, not because they're bad people. They're just not the people to help get you to the next season of your life. Yep. And so none of my friends in the past were these horrible people. No, we were we are all people. Mm-hmm. But are you the right person to align with me to help me get to where I'm going? And watch this. Am I the right person Ooh, to be yeah, aligned yeah. with you to help get you to your next season? And even today, I'm not the right person to be connected with everybody. Because my vision is going one way. If your vision is going another way, that's cool. That just means we're not aligned. We're not bad people. But if we're going to reach the, the, the goals and the vision for our lives, then sometimes, you know, cutting off relationships uh, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means it's the best thing for us so we can progress forward. And so, man, I have friends right now who I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, God, is this a friend to get me to the next level? Is 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 this my brother to get me to the next level? Or can I help my brother, my sister get to their next level? And it's hard sometimes to be like, no, I'm not yep. the guy. No, they're not the guy. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree with you, man, that, you know, I have a lot of friends when I go back home, they're cool people. They just weren't designed to be um, in my life to progress forward. 
Well, and I've, I've had to come to terms with that personally, just people in my life from the past where I started going down a route of, you know, a lot of times, especially in like finance and financial independence and like buying real estate properties and things like that. Like I, I, sometimes a lot of times I feel like I'm on Pluto mm. because, because ain't nobody thinking about this. Yes. So I've had to find groups of people who like I, I started uh, looking for people who made me uncomfortable where I'm like, damn, I need to step it up. Yeah. Like, I'm way behind. Yeah. But yeah. also, so I've also tried to share that information with folks in my social circle, but then also certain folks like you just got to accept like they're, they're not ready to hear this. Right. So maybe you just have a more shallow relationship moving forward. It doesn't mean yeah. you completely cut them out, but yeah. the relationship is like you see each other a couple of times a year, you talk football, you know, and, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. You, you, you got to evolve. Um, so, so you're out in California, you're, you're going to the beach every Friday, you're, you know, you're, uh, you, you got the chrome on them things. You got, uh, they're clean. Um, but now you're in Nashville, Tennessee. That's, that's a, that's a big jump. How do you end up, how do you end up in where I'm at in Nashville? Cause that's a, that's a long way from California. What's the story there? <laughs> you know, I actually just recently moved. I actually left Nashville, Tennessee and came to DC. Oh, didn't know that. All right. Yeah, man. So, uh, but I ended up in Nashville to work with my good friend and mentor there. I was with him for about six, six and a half years. Uh, Dave Ramsey. So mm -hmm. I moved out from California to Nashville, Tennessee to uh, connect with him and his amazing organization, served on his speakers team for about six and a half years. And then last year, I say right around July, I transitioned out on my own and came out here to join uh, the beautiful city of DMV. You know, I really wanted to really start speaking more to a uh, minority group of people mm. um, and really serve that minority community, bring back this message to the minority community. And so my heart was leading me here to the DMV area. And that's why I'm here to really just serve that community. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, um, so my background is I came to the States when I was 10 years old. So I've been in just different communities, obviously just my immigrant community, then the different immigrant communities in that growing up in North Memphis, you know, living in not the, the best of environments when you're placed in a new yeah. country yeah. and then, you know, evolving out of that and, and moving different places and seeing how. Um, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast a million times. My daughter and any subsequent children that my wife and I have will have so many advantages in life that other kids will not simply mm. due to the fact of who her parents are. Wow. That's it. And that has made me so much more sympathetic to the human experience of others. Not that I was cold per se, but just knowing that again, I've talked about this on the podcast. I mean, one of my first goals for this year, she was born two weeks. ago. was like, I plan on buying a rental property for her. Mm. You know, like I want to teach her how to be a landlord, how to run a PNL, how to go, you know, handle contractors as she's growing up to understand the power and the responsibility of money. And I'm not trying to give you just money. I'm trying to give you an asset that will make you money so you can learn off of it, et cetera. Facts. Um, but that's, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like mm -hmm. that, that ain't, I'm, I fully understand that's not normal. Um, but I, like I said, it's made me significantly more compassionate just thinking about that regularly for the human experience of others. And especially, you know, um, like you said, in minority communities and communities in the inner city and, um, things like that, like a, a lot of folks just aren't having these conversations. Um, like, I don't know if you ever met him here in Nashville, but Herman Hicks, I'm going to have him on the podcast here soon. Like he has an entire um, like, like school that he does for minority boys. Yes. Cause he's a private banker at first horizon yeah. um, about how to handle money, about what your credit is, about what, you know, debt is about how to apply for student loans if you need them or how to get grants or scholarships or all this stuff. The school ain't teaching you. 
Yeah. And that might be the only person and the people he brings in, those might be the only people that ever speak to those kids about any of that. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. so important. It is, man. And I think that's, and I appreciate you saying that, that, that it's important because I think sometimes, and I, I, and I just keep it a buck on your show. I think sometimes when, when white people hear a black man say, I want, I, I just want to serve the minority community, they feel as if it's, it's a racist statement and I don't have a heart for white people. When that's mm. not the case, it's, it's just that I acknowledge that, man, um, there are certain communities that unfortunately, because of lack of access, um, they need help. And I've been able to gain this success, learn so much. And I just want to come back and just serve them, serve all people, but make sure that certain communities, other young men, other young girls uh, who look like me, who are in this community, at least have some access. Mm -hmm. Because I remember growing up and not having access, not not being exposed to this wisdom and this knowledge that I currently have now. And so you'll be surprised, man. I have a lot of adults in their 40s Mm. come to me and go, Break that down again. Yeah. How how do I budget? Oh wait wait. wait. Break this down down again. What is a five twenty nine? I have yeah, a yeah. I have a kid who's six. What do you mean a five twenty nine college plan? I've never heard of that. Mm. Like the basic stuff. Yeah. Something certain people it. just haven't heard of. Yeah. And I get it. A lot of people, black, white, Hispanic, haven't heard of it. I get it. Um, you know, but I just I really want to see um, um, people, specifically minority people. Uh, really get this information. So I appreciate you for saying that it is needed. Yeah, it's needed. And and I mean, I'll echo what you said. It's needed in every community, Absolutely. but it's also a lot of times easier to hear it from someone who can relate to you and your life experience. That's it. Like it just is like, whether yeah. we like that or not, whether it should be that way or not, it's a reality. Yeah. Like reality yeah. doesn't necessarily like what we think something should be. It just Absolutely. is. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting, but like, we can also make the argument like, um, what you're talking about, like, how do I budget? Well, yeah, in school we ask, how do we budget? And the teacher says a squared plus B squared equals C squared. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're out here learning the Pythagorean theorem. I don't know if I've ever used a Pythagorean theorem. Ah! Maybe, maybe I'm just not aware, but like, yeah. damn man, taxes would have been a hell of a lot more useful. Yes. Um, so, so there's, you know, the, the reality of, of, um, what I call the, the, the propaganda machine that the school system is in a lot of ways of just. Hey, don't, don't worry about that. You'll figure it out later. It's like, well, maybe you won't <laughs> like, in reality. Um, but what does all this have to do with, I mean, you talk about maximizing your single season. You know, I haven't been single in a hot second. It's been like seven years, I think. So I, I don't, <laughs> I, I moved to Nashville like six months later, met my future wife and I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, there we go. But, uh, what do you mean by that? Like, how does that connect with everything you've learned from like being homeless and working for working with Ramsey and, 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 and the financial aspect, like what does the singleness and, and that part come into play? Man, I think for me, it comes into place, man. I, when I graduated high school, if I could go back and tell the superintendent of that school district, Hey, here are two courses that you need to add to every senior and junior um, who is about to graduate, right? Is number one, Financial literacy, you know, what, here's the basics of finances. Here's what taxes look like. Here's how you, the basis of filing taxes. Here's what a credit card and a debit card is. Here's here's what a credit score is. Here's, I mean, the basic to finance, the basic finances, right? And then the second course will be, you know, how to maximize the, this next season of your life. You don't have any kids. You don't, you're, you don't have another 
um, person you're responsible for. It's just you. Yeah. So outside of getting a job and getting income, here are the the eight things, the 10 things, wherever that is, that you need to focus on to maximize this single season, to make sure that you at your core is a healthy person um, in the world. And when I graduated, the world taught me how I should think about myself. The, the culture taught me how I should dress, how I should act. Um, but no one really said, hey, here are the things you need to focus on, you know? And so when I say maximize your single season, what I'm telling, what I'm teaching people is, yo, how do we steward this opportunity to where, as a young man like myself, um, uh, by the grace of God, I don't have any kids. And mm-hmm. I look forward to having kids one day. Um, I don't have a wife. So how am I maximizing this season? You know, when I get married, am I going to bring a bunch of junk to the table Mm. or am I going to bring less junk and more positive, more substance to the table? But if you're not maximizing your single season, you're going to bring more junk to the table that if you would have maximized your single season, you wouldn't have to come to the table with that much stuff. And so I literally... Um, just wrote out eight pillars on, hey, here are the eight pillars to really building a solid foundation for your single season. So that way, whenever you do get that job, and that, uh, that job and that job promotion, you're a better individual. Whenever you do, uh, you know, build and launch that business that's bringing in a million dollars, you can sustain that because you're a healthier person. A, a lot of reasons why people are not hitting their goals and really accomplishing the things that they want to accomplish, especially around single people, is because they're not fooled themselves. They're not whole themselves. Mm. And so I've been able to, you know, by, by the grace of God, again, being able to build a, a level of success. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, Success Magazine named me as, you know, the top 125 people in America um, under 50 years old who you should who you should rock with, who you should follow. Mm. Why is that? I think it's because I'm maximizing my single season. Uh, now, I'm not a pro, man. I, I need I need to learn from you. I'm not a pro on how to get a woman. I need to learn, you know? Uh, but whenever God does bless me to find that wife, to find my future, uh, my future wife, I'm coming to the table, uh, a complete man, a whole man, a man who really steward this season correctly. And that's just my goal, man. I want to teach other young people, you know, how to really build success, um, how to eliminate some of the garbage and junk and really build your internal. So what we build on the internal can come out on the external. Mm. It's interesting. And and I want to follow up on, on with you after I make the statement, but I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Why I would say my wife and I, and I would say most people who knows, we have a very harmonious relationship, very harmonious marriage. We get along, we love each other. Like we chose to have children. We, you know, all that thing. And most of our friends fall into that same category with some exceptions. But I would say the the key that I've always told people is like, man, duke it out while you're dating. I mean, like, go <laughs> ham. All right. Like, make you, make you hate each other. Don't be on your best behavior. Like, Ooh. let everything fly. Yep. Okay? Because my wife and I, we had all of our arguments while we were dating. Mm. And we had, I think, one in four years of marriage. Like, wow. legitimate arguments. Wow. Why? Because we didn't put up a facade Ooh, while we were dating. That's, that's good. So because we didn't put up a facade and we duked it out on the back end, we chose, we actively chose one. We love each other, but we actively chose. I want to be with this person forever. So good. So that like, cause everybody, cause my sister's, you know, she's, I think 25, 20, I'm trying to remember how old my sister is. She's 26. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
I mean, I try to tell her, like, don't put up a facade. Don't like mm. it, it ain't worth it. Yeah. Figure yeah. out who you are and figure out if you can be compatible with the other person and call them out when they're putting up a facade. One of my mentors said, hey, t- try to turn off your girlfriend and turn off your boyfriend in the very beginning. Mm. He was like, because when you come to me at marriage counseling, I'm trying to convince you all to not get married. Yeah. And if you all come to my marriage counseling and you all get married, you are not 99% of those people will make it through with a marriage. He said, because if I could have convinced you to get to not get married, then you would have got a divorce. Yeah. That's he was like, so while you're dating, powerful. try to turn each other off. When you get to me, I'm trying to break you two up. Mm-hmm. If you get through all that, you were meant to be married. Well, and because like the reality of it is like, for example, marriage, it is what is the point of marriage at the end of the day? Like if we look at it from a societal standpoint, like human beings, why do they develop? Well, it's to have functioning offspring. That is essentially the key. Now, in modern 2022, life's different. You know, we ain't going out and hunting a saber tooth tiger. We're talking via, you know, cameras right now. All right. Um, So, so life is different, but if we just look at it fundamentally, it's to have function, it's to have the healthiest environment for children. Well, in order to have a healthy environment for children, not saying that extreme things don't happen, but you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to understand. You have to be able to love. You have to be able to forgive. You know, when my wife is literally two days after uh, uh, having given birth to our daughter and all the hormones are raging through her from giving birth to my child and she snaps yeah. at me for something ridiculous, I can't snap back. Yeah. yeah. You, got, you got to have enough whereabout as a man, yeah. as a leader to say, whoa. That was uncalled for, but that's right. also not her. Right. right. I know this because I've known her for years. That's not her. Yeah. Yeah. And when I do something, maybe I have a bad day working or maybe something happens and I may do the same thing. She's got to have the whereabout to be like, that ain't him. It yep. ain't worth snapping back. Yep. You got to have that mutual forgiveness. And that's what forgiveness and love is. That's what communication is. That's it. That's it, man. You, ooh, you, woo, you teaching good. You, you teaching good. <laughs> I love it. See, this is why I say, like, in, like within my singles blueprint, man, like, right, I'm bringing in professionals like yourself to really teach us single people stuff like that, because we need to hear more of that to prepare us for the future. Um, and not just the, oh, everything's going to be great in your marriage and just be this and just be that and have a lot of sex and everything will be okay. Nah. We need the wisdom. Do you feel like, again, something interesting that happens once you like get into a serious relationship and once you get married, you kind of lose most of your single friends. It just kind of yes. happens because um, not even that you don't like them. It's just you, you kind of do stuff as a couple. So I'm yeah. to a degree separated from singles culture. Right. You know, like I said, I have been single since 2015. Mm-hmm. How much would you say the dating scene has changed even since 2015? Man, the dating scene out here, brother, is hard. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's 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 hard, man. You know, um, um, I I wouldn't say things have changed. I think things have just become more difficult. Mm. COVID has made it a lot more difficult because now it's you know what I'm saying everything is online, everything is on apps, and everything is on websites, and now we got to communicate via a phone, and now we got to have virtual dates um you know now people are flying out of town more often um and i think you know i'm at a season of my life you know to where i'm like i'm tired like i'm Mm. tired of getting to know one person 
spending six months with that person or three months with that person, then that doesn't work out. Now I got to start all the way over with another mm. chick and be like, yo, so what's your favorite color? What do you love to do? Do you like yeah. this? Do you like that? To gain that trust and then boom, that doesn't work out. Then I got to start all the way over. And it's just, it's it's tiring, man. And then you have so many people, like you said, now are just putting up this fakeness of, okay, I'm going to say everything right that he wants. I'm going to say everything right that she wants. But we really don't, we really don't get to know each other. Mm. We really don't really get to know the truth, the core of that individual. I think we're often, we're scared. Singles are scared to turn off people. Like, oh, if I turn him off or if I turn her off, she's just going to X me. Mm. And I think that that is wrong. Like we should not, I'm so sorry about that. Should have had my phone on mute. Uh, we should not be, we should not be worried about turning someone off. They should accept us for our positives and for our negatives. Mm. And so um, this, this, this single dating life, man, it's just so, it's just so unique. You know, um, I still have hope. I still believe that my wife is out there, um, but it is, it is, it is a little interesting, man. Mm. Do you feel like it's gotten more? Cause again, I kind of missed the whole dating app thing. Like I'm pretty sure when Tamara and I met, there was only Tinder maybe if there was not 15. Yeah. Like we met the very end of 2014 and started dating very beginning of 2015. Was Tinder out then? I thought Tinder came out like around 2016, 17, no, maybe, nah, maybe, maybe so. Yeah. yeah Tinder was out. Tinder but was you out. know, back then, man, you know, in 2015, so, you know, back then you had all these, these, these different apps, man, uh, from, from Facebook, Black Planet, I think even had like Bumble, you know? Um, and I think like now you have dating apps for everything. Yeah. If you are a black person, they got black only now. If you're a Hispanic, they got this. If, if you're only into that, you, they got apps for that. So it just makes it so, it, like, man, what happened to just picking up the phone call or what happened to just writing the letter? Do you like me? Check the box. Yes or no. <laughs> bro, bro, let me let me go on a rant real quick. You know what I'm more sad about than anything? Anything. Right. For young boys in particular, yeah, you ain't never going to have, I don't care wh where you live. You're 13 years old. You're never going to have to call a girl's house and be afraid that her dad's going to pick up. Never. That was a- Never. That is such a quintessential like coming of age moment that I am so disappointed these these young these young men are going to miss out on because like that put some hair on your chest. Oh, it it put a lot of hair in your chest, and then don't forget back in them days we had caller IDs. Yep. So when we called and mom and dad saw that and it's and it said the name, who was that? And they right. pick up the phone. You ask for it. Yeah, can I speak to um, such and such? Who is this? Right. This is Anthony. Where you know my daughter from? School. How you get this number? She gave it to me. You know, like. <laughs> I remember them days, boy, I had to be like very calm and polite. And then you had to watch what you said. Because they were listening. They were listening, bro. They pick up that other line. But y'all can talk. Well, I'm going to listen, though. Make yeah, sure ain't nothing crazy going on. But now, <laughs> man, these these this, this generation, um, they think they have it better. But I think they, they have it worse because there's no guidance. There's no um, authority over them just making sure that they're making the right decisions. Mm. And I hate to say it like this, and I'm going to say it the proper way. I think that's why we have more, more young people getting caught up in the wrong situations mm. because 
young people have access to things that we just didn't have. I didn't have a cell phone at 15 years old. Hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't have that. And when you did, it my was mom a Nokia brick. Gave me a, they gave me a phone in my room, but not my own phone line. Like, I yeah. had a phone in my room. But if the if I picked up, my mom and dad can see on their phone, somebody's on the phone. Let me see who that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'll be on the phone for too long. My mom picked the phone up. My dad picked the phone. Hey, man, time for y'all to get out the phone. Dinner's ready. Hang up the phone. Mm. Okay, dad, hang up the phone. <laughs> so, um, man, I, I this generation, we... It's difficult, but I think while times are growing, I think at the same time, we can use these tools and resources to our benefits, but I think these these tools can only be used properly if we are whole internally, if we have a solid foundation internally. That's when, it prop- that's, that's when I think the tools can be properly used. Man, so I want you to elaborate on that because I'm firmly convinced that if you're kind of what you said earlier, if you're broken and you go into a relationship, that relationship has no choice but to be broken. Like you have to be happy with who you are and not just let, let's let, let's not pretend like that's just um, relationships. That's yeah. money as well. For example, that's your career as well. Right. Money is just an amplifier of who you are. If you're if your rich uncle is an ass, your rich uncle would have been an ass if he was poor, too. Yeah. He just happens to be rich. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if if you're miserable at your job, you'd probably be miserable at another job as well. There's something else that's deeper in it. Absolutely. You know? So I think if if before we can, I'm just about to put it like this, before I seriously get into the next relationship, I believe that I had to step aside and go seek mental health as far as and mm. go see a therapist. That's big. Because I believe every single person should see a therapist before they get married so they can walk through why they think the way they think, why they process things the way they process things, why do they see things the way they see things. Because you never really know why we think we are good, which all of us are good, but there still are some things internally that we don't even know that is impacting us maybe in a negative way until we actually talk and walk it through. So there were some things from my childhood that I didn't see it as a negative, but it impacted me in a negative way of thinking. And I was taking that into relationships. And the common denominator for all of my failed relationships is what? Me. And so when I started seeing a therapist and I started just talking about childhood upbringing, um, I started realizing that, wow, some of the things that my parents were doing weren't bad. It wasn't It wasn't just this horrible thing, but I translated it a different way that impacted me today as a full-grown adult. And so when I went to therapy, now I started wondering, well, why did I receive what she said in a negative way? Why did I receive what he said, what my uh, former boss said, or what this person said in a negative way? It was because of something that happened 25 years ago. That mm. I never talked it through. No. And so I think that uh, before you get into a relationship, even if you every, even if you feel as if everything is great, you're making great money, you got a great job, you're happy in your career, you're, you're, everything is just great. No, everything is not. Because no human is perfect. And if you can just go and just have that conversation, man, I do that. And you can do that now online. You know, I use BetterHelp and... Uh, because I, I, I really want to make sure that, that when I do, and it's not even just for my wife, take that away from, you know, my spouse, I need to be, I have my own business. So I need to be healthy mentally for my team. Mm. 
I need to be healthy mentally for my friends. And so um, I think seeking um, uh, therapy to talk through things helps you build a solid core. How your mind and how you think and process things determines everything else about you, everything else about you. And if you can think and get that fine tuned a little bit, uh, think about it. It's like an oil change. You don't go in and get an oil change. Well, I hope you don't <laughs> when the car won't start. They say, hey, listen, come in every 10,000 miles so that way the oil is not horrible, but you want to go ahead and keep it fresh. So go ahead and change those things out so that way you can keep the car running as smooth as possible and as long as possible. Yo, go see a therapist at least once a month before something gets real bad so we can just fine-tune your brain, fine-tune your heart, fine-tune your mind, fine-tune your core, and we can go from there. So that's one thing that I highly, highly suggest. And for the people listening, if you're saying, yo, I, I really want to do it, Man, listen, go to uh, betterhelp.com. And actually, you can go to anthonyneal.com forward slash betterhelp, and they'll give you a discount. That's how important therapy is for me, um, is that I partner with them. So, yo, listen, I need to be able to, 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 to give this out to my people uh, because I think um, people need help. No, I agree. And shout out to BetterHelp. They've been in the inbox for a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> trying, to get, <laughs> trying to get a spot, sponsorship spot. Um, Yo, man, listen, they're, they're legit, bro. I, I know they gave me a, they actually get, um, they gave me uh, three months free and I just haven't like with the kid and all this, I just haven't had the chance to do it yet. Dude, so, but they I'm telling you, man, they, it's a solid situation, bro. I'm telling you right now, you'll love it. Your well, tribe will love it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So, um, as a man saying, Hey, I'm, I need to, um, go get help in the sense of talking to somebody through these things, you know, the way, the way society has conditioned us, like, Hey man, why are you being weak? Just figure it out. Why are you being weak? Why do you need help? Why do you go talk to somebody? Now I personally don't agree with that. Cause I think I mean, personally, I'm like, man, go get whatever help, whatever way you can like figure, figure it out. But like, there is a ethos in the society still in 2022, where it's just like, suck it up and move on. But that's what I appreciate about what you just said is as someone who has a large platform just saying you need to and you're going to and you want to like that destroys that stigma to a degree man you know what I, mean? I don't cuss but i'll tell those people to shut the hell up <laughs> i'm serious i think it is it is weak for you to say you don't need help mm. it is strong for you to say i need help yep. it is strong for you to say i don't know if i need help but i'm gonna go get help just to keep my mind sharpened, just to keep my heart fine-tuned. It is weak for you to say, I'm good, I'm straight, I don't need nobody. That's prideful, that's egotistic. That means that you don't care about the people around you. Mm. And we all have something on the inside of us that is impacting us. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I keep it about two. When I got out of my engagement a few years ago, I was hurt, mm. but I was weak mm. because I said, I don't need no help. So what, what did I do? I went and dated another chick and treated her totally wrong because I was like, I'm good. I used her to get over my ex. And that was wrong for me. That was so wrong for me to do that. I quickly realized one of my mentors said, man, you need to get out of this relationship and you need to stop dating for a while and you need to go heal. You need to go seek help and heal. He's like, because you're not a bad man, but you're making bad decisions because you haven't seeked help. You haven't said, yo, I need to heal from this. Help me heal 
from this engagement. You just proposed to the woman you was with for five years. She hit you with something that you were not expecting. You walked away from the woman that you thought was the, the woman for the rest of your life. Do you really think you don't need help from that? Do you really think you don't need just talk to someone? Yeah, Anthony, you still out here making good money and helping people get debt free and da 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 da. But you need help. And I was like, yo, and I did just that, man. This is about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. And, and, I, and I did just that. And I'm a better man for that today. Uh, because I think, key, I think the key in what you just said there, and I, I want to make sure that people hear this one more time. You are not a bad man. You are just making bad choices. Absolutely. And, and so many of our problems, I truly believe that so many of our problems come from that we conflate our identity with our actions. Yep. Even though the two might be completely disconnected. Because you yep. might just be in a moment of mourning. You were mourning five years of love, five years of relationship, five years of future, five years of, of everything. You were mourning. You needed to mourn through the process as if somebody died. Yes. There's a reality to that. Yep. No, you're right. Nah, I, I literally just wrote that down. Um, you, you're going to see that again on my show. <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I agree with that. Like I, And I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a bad person because I do believe we, there are some. Yeah. But I think the majority of us are not bad. We're just mm -hmm. making bad choices. And we're making bad choices because we don't have the right wisdom and knowledge speak, being spoken into us. Yeah. And some of those bad choices are coming because we refuse to be strong and to admit that we need help. And so at, and in return, we're weak. And, those, and the weakness leads to bad choices. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I know you got, you got different projects coming out. I know you got a course coming out. I know you got all these different things. You got your show. You've got your social media presence. You got hundreds of thousands of, you know, Twitter, I mean, uh, Instagram followers. You got a, you, you know, I see the YouTube plaque in the back. What, <laughs> what, what are you doing actively right now and how can people connect with you? And what, what are some of the ways that if they're liking what they're hearing here, that they can get more and that they can learn more and engage more? Yeah, man, I think the number one thing is just connect with me on my website, anthonyoneal.com, right? I have a lot of resources, free resources on there too. For an example, if you're in, if you're in the dating stages right now and you're like, yo, I want to talk about money, but I want I don't want to talk about it in an uncomfortable way. I got a free ebook on there that really teaches you how to have the un, how to have the uncomfortable conversation while dating. If you're ready to get out of debt, you know, I got a link on there to how you can uh, get a part of uh, Ramsey Solutions um, Financial Peace University. If you if you have a kid, let's say you're married and you say, oh, I want to I want to set my kid up to go to school debt free without paying and borrowing any money. Uh, I, I got a book on there called Debt Free Degree. That was the number one national bestseller two years ago. So uh, to learn about all things around me, go to anthonyneal.com. Uh, but like I said, if, if you're young, if you're single, if you're saying, yo, I want to be a better man, I want to be, you know, a better friend, I want to be a better lover, I want to be a better person. Before we could be any of that, we got to be better for ourselves. And so I would just encourage everyone just to rock with me um, at, in our singles community, our singles course and join it. And, and it'll be apps. It'll be absolutely amazing. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, we're coming up on time here. So I got to ask you the question that I ask every single person, 140 something interviews and um, since day one. And actually, I actually don't think I ever mentioned this, but when I was talking about starting the podcast, one of my buddies, Drew was like, Hey man, you need to have a question. You ask everybody. I was like, cool. What's that going to be? And it just, it just came out in the first episode, but all right, Anthony, you, you go back to 18 year old, you wide eyed, bushy tailed, ready for the world, knowing all that you know about yourself right now and knowing all that you know in general right now, if you can go back to 18 year old, you, 
What's one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Stay the hell away from them ladies until you turn 25. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> I mean, because I, for me, I, I, you know, I grew up, again, in a very strong Christian faith home. So when mm -hmm. I left, you know, um, high school, I was a virgin, man. And mm -hmm. so I was, I was scared away from ladies. I, mm -hmm. I never kissed a woman because my fellow was like, yo, you don't want to know it. You're going to go to hell. Da, da, da. Yeah. And so when I got into college, I ran after them. Mm. I was like, yo, come here, come here. I want to kiss everyone. You, 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 you all get kisses. Yeah. And I didn't chase my purpose. I didn't chase my dreams. I didn't chase my my vision. Um, I chased culture. I, I chased people. And um, I'm not saying ladies are bad. What I'm saying is if I can go back to my 18-year-old self, then I could be a lot further along my journey with my wealth building, uh, with my business building, if I just would have laid down a solid foundation first. And then when I lay down a solid foundation, then pursue a woman. I think I would have been a better man. I think I would have been married by now. I think I would have had kids by now. But I did it backwards. I chased ladies before I chased improving and bettering myself. And so it's, this is not a you know thing towards a negative thing towards ladies. It's just I wish I would have took the time to build a solid, um, solid foundation mm. uh, to really maximize those first few years of my single season. Um, and I would be a lot further along in my journey. Mm. It's interesting. It kind of ties back into the conversation we had about ego. You tied your ego to the sexual con conquest at a young age, which is yep. biological. But yep. if you had tied maybe your ego to the financial conquest or maybe the, the business growth or whatever, and, and, and made the sexual conquest just like a thing that, that that's along for the ride rather than to focus again, your ego is your best friend and your worst enemy at the same time, yes. especially as a man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it it's, is. uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, all right for everybody. I mean, Anthony, thanks for coming. This was fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. I had a good time, uh, for everybody, you know, obviously in the show description, I'll have the link to the website, social media, et cetera. We'll have the bio, you can check it out, anthonyoneal.com, obviously. And as always, look, millennial manhood is all about y'all's feedback. It's all about uh, who you want to hear on the podcast, info at manhoodpod.com. If you've got suggestions, if you got constructive criticism, the keyword is always constructive. You can't just complain. You got to offer a solution or I'm not going to listen. Um, <laughs> that's the key. But as always, look, uh, again, Anthony, this was awesome. I appreciate you and uh, look forward to talking to you guys again soon.